What makes a year? Four seasons, four is all. Winter, spring, summer, fall. Twelve months, a lot to say. January, February, March, April, May. June, July, August, September. October, November, and December. How will you know which season is here? Come, and we'll show you a Bear Country year. Hello and welcome to Deep in Bear Country, a Berenstain Bearcast. I'm your host, Phil Gonzalez, and if you're a regular listener to this show, you've probably noticed I'm a bit more mellow than I usually am at the top of an episode. And that's because today's episode is going to be a bit more jumbo than it usually is. Not only are we covering a longer book, we're also going to take a look back at what we've already covered, explore where we're going, and decide where we are. I mean, we're right now. I, mean, I, I know where I am. Where are you? You don't Don't answer. I won't be able to hear you. So today we're covering The Berenstain Bears in The Bears' Almanac, A Year in Bear Country, originally published in 1973. This is a major departure for our bear family. It's also a major departure for the readers, a major departure for bear country itself, and a major departure for Stan and Jan Berenstain. It's the first Berenstain Bears book that tries to teach you something other than reading. It tries to teach you about a year, what a year is, what a year means. It's also going to introduce new characters to bear country, new locales to bear country, and throw a major wrench into the ongoing continuity of bear country. We're going to have to figure out where this book sits in the timeline that we've already established, where it sits in the reality we've already established, and what ramifications it has for the books that are about to come. This is a major transitional point for us. After the bear's almanac, Things will never be the same. Now let's dive into The Bear's Almanac. The first thing you're going to notice, the first thing I notice when you open up The Bear's Almanac, is that it has a narrator, and that narrator is not Papa Bear. It's a new bear. A friendly-looking bear. My personal favorite bear in all of bear country. The one who really struck a chord with me when I was young, and who still strikes a chord with me today. This is our first introduction to actual factual. He's the resident scientist in bear country. He is the voice of reason and the voice of wisdom. Actual factual throughout the entire history of the Berenstain Bears book is going to be known for staying level-headed, logical, and never losing his temper. So as the title suggests, the Bears Almanac sets itself up as, as a look at the entire year in bear country. It starts off on January 1st telling you all about how you celebrate New Year's Day, and then takes you right into winter. What I find amusing is that it tells you the first three months of the year are winter. January, February, March. Draws a very plain distinction right there. Those are your winter months. There's no no room for, uh, for any kind of variation. Keep that in mind. You'll do okay. It describes... Uh, what you go through in the winter. Uh, our guide through this portion is Small Bear. He's dressed to the nines in his nice little blue and yellow winter outfit. He's hanging out with a bird. Uh, you see some residents of bear country walking by him, and strangely enough, these residents are a pig, a duck, and a dog. So we're still in an era in which animals other than bears are noticed in bear country. Now, as we go along, we start, well, we start getting introduced to some new characters. And the first major new character after our friend Actual Factual is a guy named Great Natural Bear. Now, Great Natural Bear isn't going to stick around for very long in this series. He's going to pop up in a few more books. But in the chapter book series, he's going to be uh, rejiggered a little bit into a character named Big Paw. 
But right now, he is the great natural bear. And this is our first indication that the Berenstains, the writers, the Berenstains, had an idea that bears live in bear country who are not uh, civilized bears. Uh, I assume that that's what they're referring to when they call him a natural bear. He lives in a cave. His whole point in this book is to show him going into hibernation. Great natural bear starts his long winter nap they say. And he says, good night, small bear. See you next spring. So does he represent, does he represent a primitive bear or does he represent like a guy who's gone off the grid? But that wouldn't explain his hibernation. None of the other bears hibernate. I'm going to leave that. Uh, so small bear just bops around the town. He uh, sees his dad getting dressed in the morning. He uh, talks about the snow. Uh, actual factual comes back to teach us about how snow works. That's right. This isn't just a book of vague concepts. This is a book of scientific principles. Uh, They don't get very in-depth, but Actual Factual is there to remind us that the world operates according to a series of very strict scientific laws. Uh, This is a book that goes beyond just teaching kids about the seasons. It wants to teach you where snow comes from, uh, that snow is a crystal, how snowflakes form, and why snowflakes fall. Actual Factual serves as the character who wants kids to ask more, and that's something we haven't really seen a whole lot of in the Bear Country books so far. They've been primers on how to read and and just in light comedy. This is a this is the, a foray into real serious education, as serious as it goes. But uh, we also come to a part about some of the things winter brings. So for those of you who aren't familiar with the works of Richard Scarry, he's written, wrote quite a few books about Busy Town. And the Busy Town books consist of a lot of huge two-page spreads with vehicles and machinery and just locations. And each thing in the location is labeled. And our first two-page spread in this book that smacks of Richard Scarry's influence is some of the things winter brings. And we see a snow shovel, a snow blower, a snow pile, and a snow thrower. And what I love about this is it follows the Richard Scarry formula of kind of a busy sequence with everything labeled, each character driving a different thing or doing a different thing. But it also rhymes. And these are some pretty strong rhymes. Uh, I'll read that again. Snow shovel, snow blower, snow plow, snow thrower. Snowballs in the air. And then Papa Bear gets hit by a snowball. Hey, look out, Papa Bear. We've seen the Berenstains not write very good rhymes, but these rhymes are really coming together. I don't know if it's the work of an editor. I don't know exactly where it comes from, but this is a good solid book. It's a very readable book. Uh, The illustrations are a delight. We see a lot of more dogs, pigs, coyotes uh, enjoying themselves in bear country, but a lot also of bears. Uh, Very, very, very many bears. This is the most number of bears we've seen in one location and it's very cozy this is a very cozy book we see all these animals uh, playing sports and skiing and fishing and barrel jumping they visit great natural bears lair where he's still asleep and then we have valentine's day it goes into spring we see small bear riding his big red bicycle putting away his sled we see flowers growing we see Great natural bear waking up. He's got leaves in his hair. He's all cranky and uh, tired. The sun comes out. Time for spring cleaning. Hooray, it's spring. Uh, Small bear is dressed very smartly in a pair of jeans and a blue and yellow striped shirt. It's great. Uh, We go through April Fool's Day where we see uh, another proto-cousin Freddy pull a trick on small bear saying that there's a monster outside. And uh, Well, here, I'll read it for you. The first day in April is April Fool's Day. Your friends will try to fool you today. Here are some of the things they will say. There's a bug on your nose. Your shoes are not tied. There's a hole in your pants. There's a big purple monster outside. Of course there isn't a bug on your nose. There's no hole in your pants, and your shoes are both tied. And as for big purple monsters, 
help, a big purple monster is waiting outside. And you see Brother getting scared by a big purple monster coming into his, his uh, door. But uh, it's just his friends with a big fake monster on a pole. And they say April Fool. It's very fun. In the middle of all this, there's a section called Flying a Kite. And it's Papa Bear showing Small Bear how to fly a kite. And it is a mini Papa Bear Small Bear book. And it's it's amazing. I just love it. It's, it's very succinct. Papa Bear doesn't know how to get the kite to fly, and Small Bear keeps uh, fixing the kite for him. And this, to me, is kind of the final one of these stories. It's, it's subtle, but it's there. Papa Bear is trying to teach Small Bear a principle, just like he did riding a bike, just like he did you know, on the beach, just like he did going on a picnic. But this time, Small Bear is there every single step of the way. Papa Bear's kite won't fly, and Small Bear says, put a tail on it. Papa Bear tries to catch the wind, and Small Bear says, no, 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 you need to run the other way, Papa Bear. Papa Bear goes running off with the kite, and Small Bear corrects him that he's letting out too much string. And then Papa Bear, at the end of the story, says, son, I showed you how to do it right. Now, why don't you just go fly your kite? Small Bear takes the kite and lets it fly, and they celebrate it as, you know, a a point of the spring. But what it really is, is it's an ending to the Papa Bear Small Bear lesson books. I mean, there will be many more Papa Bear makes a fool of himself in the future, but this really wraps it up. Right here in the middle of another book, we get their final real adventure. And it's very telling that at the end, he hands the kite to Small Bear. And Small Bear goes off and flies the kite. He's grown up now. He's not the little tiny bear we saw in the first book. This is not the small bear from the big honey hunt. This is a small bear who can do it himself, who doesn't need his papa to show him everything, who's one step ahead of the game, finally. Uh, He has responsibility, he has assuredness, and it's a nice little tiny ending to the story of small bear growing up. And it's very important that it happen right now. Why? Well, first, Actual Factual teaches us what wind is, He doesn't go into it too much, but he shows us a tornado. Uh, We meet Farmer Ben, and Farmer Ben's cow gets picked up by the tornado, along with Farmer Ben. A great natural bear gets rained on and sees a rainbow. It's very nice. And then you turn the page, and everything changes forever in a weirdly, weirdly weird way. We have a two-page spread. It's Richard Scary-esque again, some of the things spring brings. We see eggs hatching. A bear scratching, natural bears scratching against a tree. Mama cleaning, brother sweeping, sister painting, papa sleeping. We see the bear's treehouse, and mama bear is cleaning a window. Brother bear is sweeping out the stairs. And stop for a second, because he's labeled brother bear. He's not labeled small bear. And at the bottom of the stairs is a little girl bear identified as sister. This is the bear family. The treehouse is way oversimplified. It almost looks like the dream treehouse. It doesn't have sconces. It doesn't have a back door. It's very basic. But at this point, and for the rest of the book, brother is brother, and sister is present, and summer comes, and there's cousin Fred. He's not labeled, but that's definitely cousin Fred. Brother and sister enjoy some lemonade together. Farmer Ben teaches us about vegetables. Brother and sister get into a hose fight. And we see fewer and fewer other animals. We see a pig family. We see a few strange animals in the crowd scenes. Fourth of July, happy birthday, USA. We see people doing fun things in the sun and their sister bear. There's a big thunderstorm with thunder and lightning and actual factual rides a balloon through it. Teaches us a little bit about electricity. Fall comes, school starts again, and there's the bears. 
in their schoolroom. Except there's Brother Bear and there's Sister Bear in front of him, and we're left to wonder what's going on. Is this our real Sister Bear who we haven't even met yet? Or is this a projection into the future of what's going to be? In the picture in school, Brother is looking back at the reader, a sly smile on his face, his eyebrow arched. The teacher doesn't look like anyone we've ever seen before, and I'm going to tell you right now, she's no one we're ever going to see again. I'm going to put forward that this book is entirely conceptual. It's a final step. Brother has said, I can do it, to his papa. He's accepted the kite. He's flown it on his own. Everything in the future looks positive. I'm going to say this is a story Brother is, is imagining. That Sister hasn't been born yet, but he knows Sister is going to be here. And he's getting ready. And he's thinking of what a year is going to be like with her, at least the rest of the year. Because she wasn't there for the first half of the book. He only becomes brother halfway through. I'm going to say that the halfway point is where stuff starts becoming imaginary. The weather's getting cool. Fall is here. And then Halloween. And we see the kids all dressed up as a witch and a clown and a knight and a pirate. Then you have Thanksgiving. You learn a bit about the moon. And then Christmas, the very best day of the year. And if you don't celebrate Christmas, I guess you're kind of left out in bear country because they all seem to agree that's the best day of the year. And then it wraps back around to New Year's Eve. And we're a whole year older. And it says, it's New Year's Eve, a whole year ends. Tomorrow we'll start a new year, friends. So now we can all turn back to the beginning of our almanac. It all wraps around. The book has two narrators, Actual Factual and Small Bear, who takes over whenever Actual Factual isn't spouting off facts. It's a bit of a mishmash of ideas and concepts, but it's also an emotional book because of the kite sequence, because of the sudden introduction of Sister Bear. There's no fanfare. There's no, who is this? Look who's there. It's our new friend Sister Bear. I just made that up. By the way, I just came up with that all by myself. On, on, I can write a book. Now, I guess I'm ready. Um, but we notice uh, that Bear Country is fleshed out. It's full. And if there's any book in the history of the Berenstain Bears that I would love to know the story behind, it would be the Bears Almanac. I want to know how much planning went into this. And there's so many questions I have. Was it supposed to come out when it was? Sister Bear is not going to be introduced in the series for another year, or at least till the next year. Was it supposed to come out after she was introduced? Uh, is is Sister's introduction supposed to take place halfway through this book? Uh, should we read half of this book and then read the introduction of Sister? Actually, the first few Sister books and then read the rest of this book? Is that the way it is? I, I don't know. What I do know is that Sister arrives looking a lot like Sister. She's not wearing the actual outfit. She's wearing a lot of different colors, but she's there. She's definitely Sister Bear, and she and Brother are interacting. And... To see Sister Bear spring out of nowhere made me feel a little bit like Brother probably felt, uh, feels, is going to feel when Sister shows, showed, is showing up. Uh, Bear Country isn't done. Bear Country has a lot more of its body to, to fill out. But let's take a ba look back really quick and see where we've been. What's our journey been through Bear Country? Well, Small Bear and Papa Bear are are obviously the strongest relationship of all the characters that we know so far. Uh, they started out very much as a hero-worshipping. Small Bear looked up to Papa Bear unconditionally. Papa Bear was the smartest bear he knew, and he wasn't going to let anything prove otherwise. Although we went along, Small Bear started gaining more independence. He became leader of a scout troop and started questioning Papa's lessons. 
he wanted to keep peace in the family and used his intelligence and quick wit to keep his parents from arguing while also keeping the family safe from Papa's uh, shenanigans. As time went on, Small Bear stopped listening so much to Papa Bear uh, and started becoming more the character who helped him along, tagging along with Papa on his wild uh, goose chases in order to keep Papa from getting hurt. As we saw in the Bear Scouts, if they had simply done what Papa Bear said, they all probably would have been killed at times. (laughs) He kind of led them into danger. Ultimately, Small Bear was just there to bail Papa out. And in our final adventure here, Small Bear takes the reins and says, nope, you're doing it wrong. And Papa Bear finally says, all right, you know what? You take it. I can't do, I don't need to do this anymore. We've seen Small Bear grow up and we've seen him grow up in anticipation of the arrival of his sister. As for Mama, we've seen her go from being an exasperated, passive character to being someone with a little more spark behind her. She hasn't fleshed out fully into Mama Bear yet, but you're seeing the annoyance drawn on her face. And I have friends and I've talked to people who don't care for Mama Bear as a character. They think of her as just sort of this know-it-all scold. And granted, if you read a lot of the later books, she can come across that way a little holier than thou, uh, a little smarter than you, a little I know the rules, they're my rules, and if you don't follow those rules, then you're breaking the rules kind of person. But I don't think she's always was like that. I don't think she truly is like that. I think that there's a lot more nuance to Mama's character than people give her credit for. And you can really see it starting to grow in these early books. She's got a husband who is somewhat unpredictable and a couple of kids. She's just trying to keep the household together. And that's a pretty hard job. Uh, We've also met the Bear Scouts who are unnamed as of now, but there's a prototype Freddy Bear in there. He's going to pull a Marcy from Peanuts in a little bit and age to be the same age as Small Bear. But for now, we have little proto-cousin Freddy. We've met Farmer Ben, who replaced the fox coyote farmer that we saw in one of the first books. Uh, Farmer Ben is going to be with us for forever. He and Mrs. Ben are the local produce growers. And he's stern but nice, and the bears all enjoy his produce and being around him. He will be a major character in uh, an upcoming uh, Bear Detectives book. We've met my friend, Actual Factual, who is the resident scientist and skeptic and logical character. He's going to be with us through a lot of these larger books, teaching lessons along the way, showing us how to do things, and really giving us hands-on expertise when it comes to nature and science and even arts and crafts at times. He's a great character when he shows up most of the time. Sometimes the story doesn't use him very well, but we'll get to that later. We've seen the bear country is a country of rivers and streams. It has cliffs and rapids. It has a beach. It has uh, mountains. It has hills, uh, fields, flowers. It's a great place for wildflowers. It's kind of idyllic, uh, but bear country itself has a, a city that is is second to none and we're only going to see more and more of this city Uh, it's on the cusp of technology and uh, advancements in sciences and the arts at all times but also sitting sits quaintly in a sort of idealized version of uh, American suburbia you've really got to appreciate the Berenstain's dedication to creating this sort of suburban woodlandia that that they've that they've stuck with and stick with for a while. The the inside of the Berenstain Bears treehouse is going to get strangely enormous as the years go by, but it still looks like something Papa could have built, you know, for the family. As for the Bears Almanac itself, uh, you can usually find a copy of it for pretty cheap online. It's out of print, but I found this copy for one cent 
So they're out there. It's a beautiful book. If you can get it in hardback or paperback, it's totally worth it. The pictures are bright. They're enormous. It's very entertaining, even for kids who don't know how to read yet. It's just there's always something to look at. The bears, the illustrations are very active. This is the Berenstains just at the height of their freewheeling, uh, loose-lined artistry. It's so much fun to look at before they started confining themselves to smaller spaces for their art. It's The characters are gorgeous. I This is probably my favorite era of the bear family uh, the way they look the way they move the way their clothes fit hang on them uh, they're not afraid to change their outfits every now and then especially the kids uh, I just I can't speak highly enough of it I really love the sort of early to mid 70s era of Berenstain Bears they are just it's it's beautiful artwork it's so gorgeous I really enjoy looking at it I never get tired of reading them it's a delight a total total delight all right so next time we are going to shift gears this is it this is the end of phase one of deep in bear country we have been on a huge journey uh we have explored bear country top to bottom as far as it goes we've journeyed inside brother bear's dreams his worries his nightmares and we'll see those come up again and again and again but next time we are going to meet someone again for the first time and learn the secret origin of one of our regular characters. So join us next time for the Berenstain Bears new baby. I'm your host, Phil Gonzalez. Please rate and review us on iTunes. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, Stitcher app, wherever, whatever your podcatcher is, we're there. I really appreciate every single person who listens, who talks to me, who tells me they enjoy the show. Uh, let me know if there's anything you want me to do or cover. We're going to try some new stuff coming up. And I cannot wait, wait, wait to get to these upcoming books. It's going to be a lot of fun. All right. Thanks a lot. I also, there's also a part coming up uh, that's talking about winter uh, weapons. No. <laughs> yes, winter weapons.